Open a channel. Open a channel. Open a channel. Open a channel. Open a channel to all decks. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Discussing Trek. This is our second open channel where we kind of just talk about any and everything that's either directly or loosely related to Star Trek. And for this episode, which we're going to be doing every few months, we have the Trek story themselves, Jonathan Shores. How you doing, man? Man, I am awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I'm book. excited to be doing an open channel, man. Oh, yeah. uh, a little weirded out that I'm on video. I'm not a big video guy. I uh, wasn't prepared for video, really, but... It's all all the same anyway, man. All the same anyway. Hey, man. How I you ha- doing? I have the face for radio. You're talking to the choir, speaking to the choir here. I have the face oh, for radio. Oh, man. <laughs> I don't want to hear, man. You're naturally photogenic. Oh, whatever, dude. Whatever. I think I've seen you on a men's health magazine somewhere. <laughs> so. Yeah, as that guy, you should not be. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only way I made the magazine. Oh, man. But again, we're here in our open channel discussion where we're going to kind of talk about any and everything that's either directly or loosely related to Star Trek. And we kind of want to talk about SpaceX a little bit. Now, I'm not neither you or I are SpaceX professionals or slight enthusiasts is what I would call us. But but in this whole fever pitch of the last month or so of uh, this mission to space to send men a man mission to space in uh, what uh, almost ten years, it really had a lot of people jumping on board and wanting to know what the heck is going on. And we're going to get into some of that, but I want to just back up because this is your first time being on the open channel, and I just want to say, ask you a few Trek related questions. So, how did you get into Star Trek? Man? Let's just let's just start here. <laughs> let's let's start at the beginning. Man, curveball! I wasn't ready for that. <laughs> Oh, man, Star Trek. How did I get into it? Uh, wow. Um, there's a couple <laughs> of different different places, you know, but I think what started it, uh, I, I grew up with my aunt in Canton, Mississippi, old BFE Canton, Mississippi. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, and you know as well as I know, when you're in a rural area in Mississippi, you only have access to a few channels. Yeah, and that was before you really had cable satellite. The only satellite I knew of, like well off people had this big, huge yeah. ten foot dish in the backyard. Yeah. The big boy. So <laughs> yeah, right. so all we had was the basic channels. Well, what would come on on those channels? And I don't remember what channel it was. Was TNG? Ah, uh, and my aunt was a fanatic about Star Trek. That's awesome. Uh, now i've probably surpassed her in my love for her. when i say fanatic like she watched tng every every night every every time it came on um now she wasn't one of those that knew every character and knew every episode front to back but she loved to watch it because she just like most of us she likes to she likes the good feelings the good vibe that you can get like maybe this is the future you know what i mean so I, of course, if in our house, and I'm sure in your house and a lot of people now, so what one person was watching on TV is what everybody was watching, yeah. whether you liked it or not. No choice. <laughs> no choice at all. And that's what got me into it, man. And I think the biggest thing that really attracted me to it without knowing was when they go into war. Yeah. And I was like, man, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so that kind of got me in the trick. Man. She bought me a computer because, you know, I wanted to work with computers because I seen it on Star Trek. 
So they got me in a little, you know, dabbling in computers and all that. So once I got to Hattiesburg, I met another friend of mine, and her name was Jessica. Mm -hmm. Uh, She introduced me to DS9, and I started watching DS9. And I think I read the book. That was actually one of the first Star Trek books I read was the DS9 book. Oh, wow. Uh, that was amazing. That was amazing. <laughs> she had the box set of the whole season of DS. I mean, the whole series of DS9. So I watched that. And then, man, you know, as you know, you and I were roommates. Everybody didn't know you know now uh, yeah. for a while. And you got me on to Voyager and Enterprise. And that just added on to it. I was like, what? Yeah. There's more Trek, man. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. So but, from there, it went on. Yeah, it's, it's so crazy because. I know for me and most of the people that are on our podcast, we're not hardcore TOS fans in the least. Now, we watch it, we enjoy it, but it's not our Star Trek per se. And it's it's and I'm seeing more of this lately. I'm seeing a lot of people who really grew up cutting their teeth on Voyager in DS9 and that's their Star Trek. And that's really exciting to me to see more people show love, especially we've had this uh the 20 year thing, well, was it 20, 25 year thing with the uh, Voyager crew on right. uh, doing his Zoom stream? And, you know, you're seeing more people who formerly, you know, it's, it's almost like when Voyager came out, it was, it was sort of like the discovery equivalent to Star Trek. <laughs> people, people did not love it when it first came out. Right. And um, I just love how, how the years have passed and people have seen what a jewel it really is, man. Uh, and like you gave your your aunt a uh, Star Trek story, uh, man. So I went to Kapaya Lincoln Community College. I went to call Colin for short. <laughs> I went there to play basketball for two years. My roommate, man, Curtis Walker, <laughs> this joker used to come in there and be like, Wood, my name is Elwood, middle name Elwood. You, you still be <laughs> here watching Star Trek. I knew this good, dude. I still this good. These things always wrong with me, man. But yeah, certainly, uh, like you, I saw a lot of TNG growing up as well. It really, at that point, didn't gravitate to me to be like, oh, man, I really, really love Star I love the stories. I like, you know, Troy looking at her, of course, as a teenager. Um, but although I liked it, I really just didn't go, wasn't gung-ho about it. And for some reason, uh, I missed most of DS9, like a lot of people, because it wasn't, uh, it was on UPN, and, you know, a lot of us can, couldn't get UPN. I was speaking of the three channels, four channels, but, <laughs> but once I actually got to dive into it, I got, I got in on the end of DS9 while I was just sad that it was leaving oh, the point man. when I got in there. I was <laughs> like, no, fun. it's over. I'm just starting to love this. And then like from there, just gung ho into Voyager. And man, I remember when we were living in that house, uh, 105 Kimbo. Kimbo. Yeah. I, <laughs> I bought that freaking, um, Voyager box set for season one. That thing was like I 115 bucks. I like I spent my hard earned <laughs> guys. We worked at Walmart at the time, so my hard earned Walmart money. Uh, what at beans per hour? <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know what it was. It's something god awful at this point. But but yeah, I, I, I spent my hard earned money to get that season, man. And I was kind of hooked from there on. And thank goodness we have digital platforms to. Right. to watch all of that so um so how, when did you like really get back into ds9 did you start 
watching it online at some point or uh, like buying stuff or just kind of got into it late, get, got back into it late. Cause it was late for me to get back into DS9. Like a lot of people, uh, I guess. Yeah. I, I would say it was late. Um, I probably goes back to maybe 2014, you know, I left Hattiesburg for a while and I moved back to Jackson and I was working at a job that took a lot of time as my job do now. But, uh, I, so what, you know, I was looking for something to kind of de-stress myself when I get home. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And yeah. I was like, you know what? I really like DS9, but I never really watched it all the way through. Yeah. I mean, I, I watched some of that box set that uh, she had a friend of mine had. And I never really watched it through for what it was. So I, I said, you know what? I'm going to turn it on and I'm going to get started with it. And, man, I watched it all the way through and I was hooked, man. It's yeah. the story hooked me. And that, from then on, I've just watched it and watched it and watched it. Dude, man, I remember you got you got hardcore Star Trek, man. I was like, I like, I liked it, and then all of a sudden I turn around, John is like hardcore over this yeah. for real, man. And it, it's, and then it's, you you get you got me into Enterprise as well. And the yeah, Enterprise is good. It's underrated, I love man. Enterprise. Like, underrated. and you kept telling me how good it was, and I believe you agreed with me that the theme, the opening theme song was good. <laughs> Universal <some> agreement. <laughs> but. Man, that that was, and I think I ended up liking it probably more than you did. Yeah. And man, Trick is just—it's awesome, man. That, that's all I can say. Like you ask my w- wife, sometimes I have a bad day, or even she have a bad day. That's something else that helped me. That kind of keep me into it because my wife started watching it. That's awesome. And yeah, I know, right? You did, man. <laughs> gotta try. So we have bad days sometimes, and we sit down in the living room and. We got this saying, we're like, we need some trick in our life. Oh, that's beautiful. <laughs> that is beautiful, man. And it really does. Like, it, it does something. And maybe it's just personal for me. But, like, watching Star Trek just kind of not soothe me, but, like, it's comforting. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that, that's our go-to. And, and I think that definitely has a lot to do with how early on, or pretty much up until when it came back, uh, that most of the episodes were self-contained happy little bowl on ends at on the end at the end of the story most of the time is hopeful and leaves you thinking of something either challenging or forward looking right so uh i'm gonna bring you all the way back all the way up from ds9 all the way up to discovery and we have this new series um you know alex kurtzman running the show i mean we're going whole hog into this uh production value off the charts but something really was missing. We weren't getting that happy bow at the end of that episode. Right. In fact, it was very dark. So I have to ask you, what were your like initial thoughts when we got Star Trek back? Well, twofold answer. Number one, before we seen the first episode, I was excited because <laughs> we're getting more Trek, right? Uh, after the first episode, again, I was excited. Yeah. I love the fact that we're getting more Trek. But as you mentioned, we were missing something. And I think yeah. in our first review, we all kind of kind of alluded to that fact that, man, this is not <laughs> your father Star Trek. You know what I mean? That's a daddy Star Trek, man. Yeah. And it yeah. was mentioned more than once. Is like, I mean, a couple of couple of us said, you know, if we hadn't been for us reviewing it, we may or may not have watched it. Yeah, as in depth as we did, yeah, or may, maybe not watched it at all. So, um, 
Yeah, I, I, I don't know, man. It, it's and the jury's still out, you know. The jury's it is a great it is a great series. It's great media. It's great writing. It's great show running, but it's just not what we remember, what we grew up with. Yeah, and, and, and that serialized storytelling has continued through the second season, and and even moved over to Picard to where uh, you have this whole or, overarching story where you may not get a payoff to the end of the season. You know, I. Th- I would like to see them shift back a little bit to the old happy bow at the end of the episode. And I think, uh, I think DS nine and, you know, we talk about loving DS nine. I think they did a beautiful job of that. We still have this overall narrative that you may hear about it in some episodes. You may not, but what they did do in each episode is at least you had some bit of completion, uh, and some resolution, but um, I think, especially with these newer series, they aren't going in that direction so much. No. So, and, and, and again, on top of that, we had to deal with not being really in the future. Uh, well, when it comes to discovery, going back to the past and all the problems that entails. So uh, that being said, we have strange new worlds coming up with Anson Mount, Rebecca Romaine and Ethan Peck reprising the roles of number one Spock and Captain Pike. And it, they've said it's going to be more forward-looking, more future-looking, and optimistic. Is that something you're looking forward to seeing coming up? And, that, and just Absolutely. you know, in relation to season two of Discovery as well, like what what do you think about this whole thing of of coming coming I'm, out of strange I'm, new I'm worlds? Abs- I'm absolutely looking forward to it, man. And, and not just because it, I think we're missing something, but I want to see something different. And yeah. again, this goes back to the same thing before Discovery. We're getting more Trek. Yeah, like that has to be a positive thing. (laughs) You know what I mean? So hopefully we don't suffer from trick overload. I don't think I would. But I mean, how many fans are out there that actually that hardcore that would continue just because it's trick? But I would be glad to see that happy, tied up, neat ending of every episode uh, because that kind of would take me back to. You know, if we sit down in the living room and we just need some trick in our life, that would be what I want to see. You know what I mean? I don't want to sit and watch the episode and have to go to bed wondering, <laughs> oh, man, what happened? <laughs> and and you, really, you really have to give credit to that formula, man, because, I mean, those episodes that we have watched in the past are still pretty timeless once you think about it. And you've seen uh, the Orville, um, Seth MacFarlane's The Orville come in and invoke that feeling in a totally different world all he did was invoke that same feeling (laughs) it's so beautiful (laughs) man and dare not i say it's right up there you know i i I would never say better on principle i would never say better but uh it it, is good man but let me throw you a question yeah what's up what would you rank your top three series Oh man! Well, and Orville is included in this. I'm not going to put. I mean, I, I can't put Orville on that list. But I will say it. It is a very good series. You know, for me, I'm going back to my roots. My ver- my first love in Star Trek, the one that I really, really love, that has to be Voyager, man. And um, DS9, it's right there behind it. And honestly, while I really love TNG, I love. So you just have to whisper. Yeah, <laughs> it's up there between TNG and Enterprise, man. Because I really love Enterprise, dude. Again, yeah. like uh, when that came out, I was just becoming an adult. I was like what twenty ish when it came out. So, 
man, it just hit me at the right time. Similarly with Voyager. <laughs> I mean, I was six, 15, 16 when Voyager came out in 95. Um, so yeah, right. 15. So, yeah, it, it hit me when I was like, oh, this is so good. And it's it's, it's a great series, man. And if you haven't watched uh, or listened to, uh, for that matter, the the podcast with um, uh, Robert Duncan McNeil and uh, Gary Wang, they're they go they break down if you're not listening you really should they break down every episode they're like only four or five in now so it's a great time to jump on and they give all these inside knowledge of of, of what went on during the series filming and and uh and it's just it's just pretty fantastic and it's good to hear like robert Duncan McNeil basically hates his character <laughs> He's like, oh, he's such a he's such a jerk. He's such a sovereignist. He's looking back. That's not politically politically correct, you know. It's, it's, oh, it's really good, man. It's really good. You know, I, and I I feel bad because I have not listened to that at all. Oh man, yeah. Right I gotta after get you, on that. Right after you listen in, listen to discussing Trek people out there listening to this, then go and listen to Delta Flyers. <laughs> this is a really good podcast. So, um. I'm going to take that and pivot to, uh, well, let me ask you before we move on, what are your top three series? And then we'll move on. Well, obviously 100% is going to be DS9 at the very top. Uh, man, second would be hard to do. I, it's, 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 it's a toss up, man. Really? <laughs> I, I would it. say I feel like I should say TNG just because yeah. I love more of the characters on TNG than I do on Voyager or Enterprise. How dare you? Sorry, dare you. sorry. <laughs> but I mean, but if you if we're basing it off of like, if I were to sit down and say I'm going to watch a series, what way I'll be more entailed to watch? DS9 will be one, and Maybe Voyager would be a second. Like that's part. I would rather watch Voyager than TNG. Interesting, interesting. And maybe that has a lot to do with the graphics of it. You know what I mean? Uh, you and Jeremy Me. with these graphics. Well, I'm a younger guy, so I'm used to seeing the nice, pretty, crisp graphics of it. So just um, get you with the eye candy, man. Yeah, man. Yeah, but oh uh, well. Uh, and I have to say, Enterprise is also right up there. So. Yeah. I would say DS9, Voyager, Enterprise. Yeah, and it's funny, like, again, how we go back and look at with funness on these these uh, shows that probably were ridiculed when they came out in one way or another. Um, but, yeah, so we're not going to talk too much about uh, the newer series anymore, Discovery or Picard. We're going to just pivot into Tech and SpaceX. So I know I've heard you talk a lot about Tech and Trek, and like how it could be used in the real world. So let's talk a little bit. And again, we're not experts on SpaceX, but let's start to talk a little bit about what SpaceX is and how it's kind of managed to captivate the world in the last month as we looked for relief from this COVID epidemic. <laughs> oh, man. And you couldn't have said it better, man. Like in a, in a year that's turning out to be a hell of a year, like SpaceX has been that one light that we all can agree on. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you won't find one creed, credence, race, religion, person, man, woman, kid. <laughs> you won't find anybody that said, I hate that SpaceX stuff. 
Like yeah. that gives everyone hope for the future. Same as Star Trek. So uh, I think that, that that's that been one great thing this year and kudos SpaceX for doing it. Um, and that's a good it's a good pivot from Enterprise because, you know, Enterprise has a lot to do. It speaks a lot on Earth and human the human race actually transitioning to space dwelling yeah. species. Yeah. And that's kind of where we're on our way to. Uh, from Mr. Uh, Everyone Knows SpaceX CEO, founder, head designer, and coder, and everything else. He keeps his hands busy in it. Uh, Elon Musk. Uh, that's kind of been his goal. Yeah. Like, that's what he wants to do. Yeah. So, I've, yeah. I've always called that guy the, um, what's the guy's name? Uh, Iron Man of, like, our generation. Uh, the or, Tony Stark. To, yeah, Tony Stark. Yeah, that was what I was looking for. The Tony Stark, our generation. Man, um, He's the founder. Did you know? Go ahead. Did you know there's a documentary and it's called Elon Musk, the Iron Man of our generation? <laughs> is it really? <laughs> it really is. It's on Amazon Prime and it's pretty good. Like it takes a really deep dive into Elon Musk from a child all the way through. Wow. Yeah. He 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 cut his teeth on one of the biggest internet companies companies at the time, PayPal. Um south african born i believe so yeah uh, his journey has been pretty amazing and you know it's funny because he's not the most eloquent presenter (laughs) 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 but it's it's so fascinating that the message he has to say is so resonates so much that people just like latch on to him instantly and and definitely a very smart and yet still charismatic in a sense since guy um, so he founded SpaceX. So do we know what SpaceX's SpaceX's mission is in particular? Well, what are their goals? His ultimate goal, his ultimate goal is to set up a colony on Mars that the human race can migrate to in hopes that we prevent the uh what do I want to call it? The the end of civilization, yeah, the (laughs) end of our race. You know what I mean? Like, so his his thing is, you know, we have to do something because overpopulation and pollution and global warming, and we're going to eventually eradicate ourselves. And unless we find a way to, and basically just we're going to have to throw this place in the garbage and go to a new one. Uh, But that's that's his ultimate goal. That that is like his high level goal is to make to set up a colony on Mars that we can eventually migrate to. That is freaking bananas. <laughs> that now, is crazy. F- funny side note, and I don't know this guy's name. I guess I could Google it, but I won't someone I mean you can do it if you like. But the guy that built the uh Saturn V rocket, the guy that designed it, uh-huh. uh you know, Elon Musk did an interview and he, he was talking about this guy. He said, listen he over way way overbuilt the Saturn V rocket for the moon landing. It didn't need near as much engineering and what it had on it to get to the moon. But he built it with the goal of Mars in mind. Oh wow. That was wow. his ultimate goal and Elon Musk has kind of taken over from that. So that that that's going to be the goal. Uh, now, short term goals. Uh, obviously, you know we've lost a lot of funding for NASA. Yeah. Um, 
and it was just it got to the point and i don't know the exact numbers but it was too expensive for nasa to continue to send manned missions into space or supply missions into space for that matter uh it was cheaper for them to source it out to other countries i.e russia was has been sending our last few uh astronauts to the iss international space station at the lovely cost of $90 million per seat. So you're telling me that $90 million per seat is cheaper than having our own space program? Absolutely. Yeah, that's probably right. <laughs> and and so and what and what Elon Musk, would, what made him think of this, what made him do this with NASA was because what the expensive part about it was these rockets they were using were not reusable. Yeah, they threw them away. And there was an interviewer on a documentary I watched, and they kind of gave us a a metaphor. To, he said, "Think about this: you hop on a plane, in let's say North Carolina, and you fly to mm, Las Vegas, for instance, or San Francisco. Uh-huh. You get off the plane, they throw the plane away. <laughs> How much money do you think they would charge for tickets just to recoup the cost of that? It would be what that's it is what, now. Yeah. All right." <laughs> So that's what we were doing with our space program. I mean, essentially, that's what we were doing. So, I mean, imagine the cost. And I don't know the exact number, but, I mean, if it was cheaper for Russia to do it at $90 million per seat, um, Elon Musk is doing it for somewhere around the tune of, like, 50 to $60 million a seat. Yeah, nice. So, like, I remember when I was growing up, it was fascinating to see the space, space shuttle take off and land like an airplane you know and just like the look and i'm gonna say feel because i never touched it but the look of the <laughs> of the space shuttle that looks so futuristic and forward looking man it, it looked like something you'd see on a sci-fi movie going into deep space <laughs> and you know uh once you get into maybe the latter part of that around 2009 2010 where we're going through a uh economic downturn and um, they can't. They basically can the the space shuttle program. Mm-hmm. And for me, you know, when we look at the stuff Elon Musk and even Jeff Bezos with Blue Origin are doing, I think they managed to do one thing that captured the imagination, where people were like, "Okay, we got to get this space program going again." And I think, and we can we can dive to it dive into it but i think it's like the vertical landing of the boosters uh and the main rocket i think that was the one technological jump visually because they did a lot of things as far as like how the rocket works but visually yeah seeing that you can't deny the awesomeness of that we of course we, we got tired we, we see stuff go to space before. you know, <laughs> and, you, know you, you can only see it so many times but to see that rocket come back down and land vertically like you might see in the science fiction movie that the first time i saw that man i thought i was like watching cg or something. that's crazy man yeah. it is crazy and you know the the falcon 9 rocket that elon musk is using uh to launch this dragon capsule uh, I mean, it's I mean, they're on their fifth, like one of the boosters is on like his fifth flight in and out. And like you, you think of the amount of thrust and fuel and flame and fire and heat being put through those rockets just to get it there. Yeah. And then it gets there and it separates, falls back to Earth. It's the tune of some 20,000 kilometers per second. 
freezing, yeah. superheated to the point of melting most metals, like the wind that the forces put on it just at that speed, and you landed on a freaking boat. Vertically, this long cylindrical, <laughs> cylindrical tube. I mean, just seeing that devoid of going into space, just seeing something take off and land that is shaped like that, it would be amazing in its own right. Mm. And then I mean, you like, couldn't drop anything from your desk and land it like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is freaking it's, amazing, man. Computers. And did you did you see how they uh I watched one of the landings and I don't know which landing it was. There was a video on YouTube, but it was kind of showing the the landing from the angle of the booster itself uh-huh. and how fast it was approaching the landing target. And then all of a sudden this rocket fires and it like immediately and then just man that was just yeah so for because it was going so fast it's like man it's gonna go straight through like how is it gonna stop yeah but yeah I I think I want to have like a full episode of where we like really research and have like everybody on to talk about it and even like if we can get an expert to come on and talk uh, with us because. yeah, the things that we've seen and uh, that we know of that have happened, I would really like to hear the technical details. <laughs> uh, one thing I did want to bring up there, there are setbacks. So I saw where they had their space shuttle, the silver looking thing. They, they didn't call it a shuttle. They called it the spaceship, I think is what they called it. They had the test, yeah. pressurized test and it like blew up. Right. That was scary. That was scary. Very much. But you know the uh, the Falcon Nine rocket, like they blew up the first three attempts of it. Oh wow! Before they got to the last one, and at the time, at the very first test, uh, Elon Musk made the comment that, "Listen, I only have enough money to do maybe three tests." <laughs> Yikes! And somehow they pulled off a fourth test that was successful. So I mean, they're expecting failure. So yeah, man. So. Any other points you want to like point out before we kind of wrap it up? Uh, maybe kind of just briefly hinted on SpaceX and what I love of it is. And, you know, again, we're not experts, guys. We're just talking about it. We, <laughs> we, we saw it like everybody else and we thought it was amazing and we do like space. So uh, uh, any, any other points you want to hit on before we kind of wrap this thing up? Uh, no, man. I mean, I, we could go on for probably another two hours just on a deep dive into what we may know and may not know and what we hope to know. Uh, but at the end of the day, I want to end just like I started, man. It's it's the SpaceX, Star Trek and SpaceX is, uh, is going to be the thing that brings us back together, that keeps us together. Yeah. Like those, one thing we all can agree on. And I think SpaceX will be that driving forward. Yeah, man, dare to dream, dare to dream. <laughs> Absolutely. So before we wrap this thing up, I want to know, is it um, anything you want to plug, pardon gifts or anything before we kind of end this thing off? Oh, man. Um, Not much, man. I'll say to everybody out there, if you're interested, check out Real Insight on Facebook. It's an audiovisual show that uh, me and a friend of mine and our real estate officers are doing, and we're just kind of talking to experts in different fields of business not even experts it could be just a regular person but just gives us a little deep dive into the business world and that's kind of help out 
entrepreneurs or business owners or self-employed people, real estate agents. So it's always a good thing to have more information. Yeah. Awesome sauce. And uh, for me, I'll just say uh, check out any of the discussing podcasts, discussing who where we talk about all things. Doctor Who definitely check that out as well as Tech Edition. Uh, we're going to try to do more of these open channels and more of the hosts where we just talk about different loosely related trick topics uh, as well as I want to get if anybody's listening, you're a fan of the show, you want to come on and talk about something that you're an expert in or just want to talk about. Uh, we'll get you on as well. Uh, so, yeah, we're looking to do that and just open channel to talk with different people we're associated with, different hosts, and, you know, just kind of talk about our love of Trek and all things geek, basically. <laughs> love but, it. Love it. Yeah. So until next time, guys, live long and prosper. Relativity. Relativity. Climb aboard the perilous journey of one man attempting to reach a distant world and the woman on Earth who battles endlessly to keep him alive. Mission Control, was that sound what I think it was? We're not sure yet, but we know it can't be good. Join the thousands of science fiction adventure fans who have discovered Relativity at RelativityPodcast.com Relativity?